takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to oh run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Going to the right. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Let's go. Good snap. Good hold. And the kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. What's up, college football fans? Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smith, and joined, as always, by my co-host, back in studio, the Okie Longhorn himself, Dalt, as usual. How are we doing? Man, we're do- we're doing good. We uh, got through week one, finally. Five days of just grueling all-day football. You know, Sunday, you don't you have really the one big game, and then Monday night, we had the Duke Clemson game, but I mean, it was five days of just wire to wire football with a lot of really good games, right? And a lot of statements made in week one. Yeah, there is. Uh, we had five five full days of football. There is definitely um, definitely some things to talk about. We got some games to talk about. We uh, I, I put it out on the the Twitter page. We had some technical difficulties this week, so we're we're recording a little later than usual. Um, won't, won't really get into that. It's, it's been a bit of a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, you know, do our recap of our picks week one, uh, and then we'll get our, our week two preview. Um, got some, got some college football tonight, got some NFL football tonight, Dalt, your, uh, chiefs kicking off the season. You don't I, care. I don't care. You don't care. Talk, to, I, talk, talk to me in like week 14 about NFL football. I, I, I don't even care. Travis Kelsey's hurt. It It's, it is what it is. I, I think the only reason that I care is because I have Travis Kelsey on my fantasy team, and now it just looks like he's probably not going to play tonight. So, um, but with that, Dalt, we'll we'll get right into the episode. Um, we're going to do AP Top Twenty Five, and then we got a little bit of news that came across today uh, regarding some eligibility issues. NCAA strikes again, terrible per, per usual, terrible. Nothing, nothing new about that. But if you want to get into that Top Twenty Five read, Dalt, I will give you the floor. Yeah, so number one, no change. Uh, Georgia with 58 first-place votes. Number two, Michigan with two first-place votes. Uh, Moving up one spot is Alabama to number three. Florida State, big move after their win this weekend. They move up four spots to number four and receive three first-place votes. Ohio State, kind of a slow start this weekend to their game against Indiana. Didn't look just the sharpest. No. And... uh, they dropped two spots to number five. USC stays at six, seven Penn State. Moving up two spots is Washington to eight. Number nine, another big mover after their win. Tennessee moves up three spots to nine. Notre Dame moves up three spots from 13 to 10. Texas stays idle at 11. Utah moves up after their win against Florida. Oregon moves up to 13. LSU drops nine spots to 14. Kind, kind of harsh, but 
it's understandable. Yeah, they didn't look great. Well, <laughs> uh, Kansas State moves up one spot to 15. Oregon State moves up two spots to 16. North Carolina jumps four spots to number 17. Oklahoma on the move, two spots to 18. Wisconsin stays at 19. Ole Miss moves up two spots to 20. Entering the top 25 is Duke at 21. There you go. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then at number 22, this is God. This has kind of got to be an error, isn't it? At 22, because Colorado can't be one and zero. Go ahead, go ahead. Col- Colorado can't be one and zero, right, Tim? Uh, I'm afraid they are. But let's... so uh, at 20, at 22, Colorado comes in one and zero. Uh, 23, uh, Texas A&M. 24, Tulane, and then dropping 16 spots to number 25 is Clemson. Uh, Yikes. Uh, also, just on the outside receiving votes is Iowa, UCLA, Arkansas, TCU dropped out, Kentucky, Pittsburgh, Mississippi State, Miami. So, uh, to get to get into this, obviously the the big one is Colorado, Duke, two teams that obviously propelled into the top twenty five this week. I know you're going to want to talk about. Both of these teams, hey, um, well, Colorado, I'm on the trains. Colorado we're, being we're there, being your uh, your super dog. Um, it's obviously a great pick, and then you know Duke is a team that that you were high on in the ACC preview, and it's looking like they, you know, I, I'm not going to jump too far into the future here, but they they looked really good, Dalt, and you know, as far as the rest of these rankings, you know, you see Clemson and. Uh, LSU they drop, which makes sense. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Clemson looked atrocious, terrible Monday night. I mean, the world of Dabo is it's spiraling a bit. Um, Some changes have to be made. Yeah, we we got to start uh, maybe doing what's best for uh, the players and the program, and maybe putting some. I I don't even know what what you would call it. Just I actually talked to the, about it. I talked to it. Talked to this talked about this to a guy at work today and it's like he don't want to use the portal sure but you don't have to build your program on the portal and you look at teams like the upper echelon of college football georgia's alabama's uh you know ohio state uh michigan and then you even throw like our teams in there oklahoma and texas those are teams that don't rely on the portal no. And I thought actually Brent Venables talked about it in his press conference this week. It's you you kind of you want to build your program through recruiting. That's fine and develop your guys. But when you get into a position where you have need, that's a quick way to fix an issue. And it's like Dabo's just doesn't want to do that. So we'll we'll talk more about Clemson, um but go ahead and give me some Colorado stuff, Dalt, cuz I know you I know you want to. Oh man, uh, just a just a quick shout out to a loyal listener um, <laughs> this week for uh, posting that uh, Coach Prime sign right out here in your uh, right as your driveway as you're leaving. So uh, shout out to Josh Duke for reminding you that you just swing and a miss at that one, Tim. I mean, don't 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 tell me. Oh, well, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. You didn't give them a snowball's chance going in to play TCU. I no, I won't say that I did, but I think w- we need to just pump the brakes a bit 
this one game against a TCU team that we both agreed was was going to be terrible. overrated and is going to be not that everybody liked to say, oh, this, you know, they beat the team that played for the national title last year, Dalt. That, that's not the case. And it's not the same team. It's just, that's, that's, I, I hate hearing that. Like, I get it. And there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of players that played in that game. Sure. The coaches all coached. Uh, you know, you're missing a few. They lose Garrett Riley, but it's not the same team. And it's your most important positions, especially it's not the same team. So I will give Colorado their roses. Great game. Great start to the Dion era in, in Colorado. Um, but I think we just we're gonna pick a game of theirs this week, and and we need just just pump the brakes a little bit. What, they want to say they've arrived. Maybe they have. I might eat crow. They're one game closer to the to that over win total. So we'll we'll see. You're lucky the sign wasn't out there whenever I pulled in today because I was gonna get out and take a picture with it <laughs> and then post it on our Twitter. Just. <laughs> Yeah, he uh it, it was pretty funny. It was it was actually at the end of my driveway on his side of the road and I I pulled out. We were going somewhere and and I just saw it and I thought and he was sitting there. He's got one of those uh side-by-sides. He was sitting there on the other side of his fence and they were waiting to see my reaction. So <laughs> it, it was good. He he I got me good. It. I love it. Uh but anything else about this top 25 adult that you feel like we really need to touch on? I mean, no, not not just off the top of my head. I mean, Clemson looked terrible. I could even drop them out of the top twenty-five offense, um, man. And and then Dabo, we'll talk about it. Go ahead. We'll, we'll get we'll get into it later. Um, Notre Dame cracks into the top ten, as does Tennessee. I mean, Notre Dame's looked great. Well, yeah, no now, doubt. Albeit competition hasn't been just very subpar. Not not great competition. We're gonna find out who they are once their schedule kicks up because they play yeah, they play a lot of really, really good teams. Yep. Um other than that, nothing major yeah, that I, mean, I ha- I don't have really any compl- gripes about it. Yeah, I mean uh, you know, you have you have your typical movers because there was obviously some movement. Some teams dropped, some teams popped in. Um, but uh, you know, we we talk about it every week. It's just something that we touch on. But I don't particularly think that there's really any anything else that really needs to be addressed about. It. I don't I don't have any issues um, other than Ole Miss is still there, which they were in the preseason. But you know, they go out and just beat Mercer's eyes shut. So beat the mercy out yeah, of Mercer, right? So. You know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, the only other really news we have, Dalt, is it's, it's uh, broke today, actually. And this uh, was a guy that we talked about in our ACC preview for North Carolina. Uh, Devontae Walker, more known as Tez Walker, was announced today. He did not play week one um, transfer. And the NCAA did not grant him eligibility. And it came down today he is not going to be available for the full 2023 season, apparently. Um, Now, obviously, this has pretty much peaked outrage across the Twitter world, uh, or world of X, I guess I should call it. Uh, But it's just another situation, Dalt, where the the NCAA just, they just suck. They're they're bad. I mean, what are we doing? This is a bad look. Like, you just said earlier when we were talking about it, they give all this freedom to people in the portal and it gets totally out of control 
and now they want to backtrack and and do this stuff where if I read it right, I saw Pete Thamel put out a tweet, which I say I, I can't pull it up, but they like cited mental health and getting like acclimated to a new school and all of that. And, and it was almost like I kind of read it as they don't feel like an athlete, like they didn't feel like he should play because he's at a new school and he needs to get acclimated to everything before he can play in athletics. Like I, that doesn't even make sense. That, that's terrible. But, which maybe I read it wrong, but that, I just saw uh, stuff about And then Mac Brown, he just basically comes down on the NCAA, which that's no surprise. Um, what, what does Mac Brown have to lose? Right. And I mean, I've seen a ton of people talking about the fact that they, they might just play the guy and just totally ignore the NCAA and just, I don't know if they would come back and fight that in the appeals process if they tried to take away uh, wins or vacate wins. I I don't really know what all that entails, Dalt. But, you know, once again, we're in a situation where the NCAA, it's just a bunch of old men, most of which probably didn't even play collegiate athletics, that are – it's like a power trip. and That's almost what it seems like to me. It's like we want to dictate your life even though – Really, we're, we're not doing much for you other than the old stitch of we're providing you an education and, you know, life after football, which that's fine. But it, it just, I don't know, it's just a mess to me. So is the whole the whole gripe about this and kind of what the NCAA is deeming, because they do give you the one free transfer. Correct. He transferred out of somewhere to somewhere else but never even never played like he transferred this last fall like december i believe he transferred to uh yeah i he transferred to boston college maybe i can't i can't remember i know but I, then he immediately hit the portal again and ended up north carolina so now they're saying that this is quote unquote his third stop and he has to sit a year right. which you got guys like Keaton Slovis JT Daniels, Daniels, yeah. At I, their third, at their third place I, or fourth place for JT Daniels, I just and it, you're you're going to tell this kid because you made a rash decision to commit to one place and never even really stepped right, foot never in the program, there. right? Never even there, and and then yeah, and then he goes to North Carolina. Now he has to sit out a year. Ooh, and his biggest his biggest deal was wanting to be closer to home. I believe he had a sick relative. So it really comes down to the NCAA wanting to find somebody to punish for the mess that they have caused. Yeah. Which and that's unfortunately just, I mean, for Tez Walker, it's him. It, and if that's a load. If that's not just peak NCAA, like I don't I don't know what else is, Dalt. But you know, that's it's the nature of it. It is what it is. We'll we'll see how that all kind of unfolds. I, I have a, a kind of a feeling that it's probably it's uh, not over. it's probably not over with if we're being real honest with ourselves but you know that that was a little bit of news that came across today and since we were recording today i thought it was you know it's college football news so it's necessary to talk about um but you know we don't really have anything else Dalt, so we'll uh we'll get right into our our recap of a what was a pretty wild week one? A great week one. A um, lot better on, I guess not really a lot better on picks for you than me, but uh, you ended up going three and three. I'll go, I go two and four, but you did cash in on that super dog pick. I did not. Uh, but our first game we're going to talk about, Dalt, is uh, 
Utah, Florida comes to town and they they just kind of get sent back to Gainesville with their tail between their legs, if we're being honest, and just looks just not very competitive. I mean, 24 to 11 is the final. They cover that four and a half point spread. This was actually a game that you took Florida at four and a half plus four and a half. Swing, I took Utah. Swing and a miss. What I mean, what what are we what's going on at Florida? I'll tell you, I'll say this. Florida looked absolutely incompetent. Like we wanna we wanna talk about how bad Graham Mertz was right all year. Like we all preseason we're talking why would they bring Graham Mertz in? Blah, blah, blah. They could have went and got anybody. Right. And they choose him. I mean, Graham Mertz was thirty one for forty four for three hundred and thirty three yards. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's not it's not terrible. It's not great. I mean, you're but it's not as bad as it could have been for him. Right. He had the one interception, which if you watch the game, hit his receiver right, right. in the hands. Yeah, what do you I mean, what do you do? Yeah, and I don't I don't want to say that this game kind of went the way I thought it was gonna go and the reason I picked Florida. Right. But I did not expect Florida to not be this bad at executing when they needed to. Because Utah didn't look great. No, no. I mean, the quarterbacks get sacked 11 times. It's kind of one of the deals, though. Utah didn't really – I mean, they didn't really have to look great. They jump out to an early lead. They get up, what was it, 17-3. And, I mean, it, it was pretty clear and evident, Dalt, that Florida was not – I mean, they score that late touchdown. Basically, what, it was like five or six minutes left in the fourth quarter when they scored finally? Nine and a half minutes. So, yeah, so, I mean – you know, it, it, they get get the two point conversion. It kind of kind of makes things somewhat interesting, but then you know, there's just nothing nothing else ever really happens after that. But you know, I thought the bigger story here was the question going in here for Utah was the Cam Rising stuff, and he obviously didn't play. But the two quarterbacks that did, I thought they looked good. They looked good enough. Oh. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want that recipe going forward for the rest of the year. You want Cam Rising back when he gets healthy. Yeah, you no, know. you you can't you can't afford to play the back end of your schedule right with these two guys. And just like we talk about how bad Florida was 1 for 13 on third downs. It's not good. 2 for 5 on fourth downs, which you're going to have to go for it on fourth down when you're behind the way they were. But Utah was 3 for 13. Yeah. I mean, and they didn't go for it on fourth down, right? Um, Florida outgames them by 70, 76 yards. Um, they don't. They bar- Utah barely rushes for a hundred, and they throw for one sixty five. And the biggest deal was was Florida would get on these drives that would get moving, mm-hmm. like they'd pick up a first down, and then on first down or second night it would be like a false start. Or an illegal motion. Right. Or they would just absolutely whiff on a block and mm-hmm. get Graham Mertz just smoked. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I just, Utah looked pretty vanilla to me, which, I mean, that's kind of Utah. Like, they're not a team that's going to do a lot of, you know, fancy, in your face, wild stuff. Um, that's just not really how Whittingham rolls, but they kind of just, they kind of at home, Florida comes in, you know. They just took care of business. And like I said, this was a game that 
that you took Florida on. I took uh, Utah. So, you know, the week started good for me, but it, it only from, from there, it only continued to get worse. Dalton, we'll move. Uh, we'll move to our next game. We, we had Washington uh, hosting the Boise State Broncos. And uh, this this turned into a beatdown. Uh, well, it started kind of the way we we right. kind of were hoping that you know Washington would come out flat and Boise State would right. pull the spoiler. This was and, a, and, this, oh gosh. Then then Boise State woke up. Yeah, and it got ugly in a hurry. Twenty eight points in the second quarter. Wake yeah. up. Uh, this was actually a double loss for me because I did take Boise State obviously in our picks, and they actually were my super dog this week. Uh, and you know. Things look good. I thought that 14, that hook, I, I thought Washington might win by two touchdowns. That's where I was going with that. And, you know, they cut it to, it was 28-19, uh, I yep. believe. 28-19. They're right go right at the start of the third, third quarter. And then, you know, Washington, they kind of pick it up on defense. And Boise State doesn't really, they don't pee another drop. And final is 56-19. Michael Penix does Michael Penix things, throws for 450, five touchdowns. Uh, can't, can't, uh, 29 to 40, Dalt. You can't ask for much more than. No, I mean, that's, that's why you picked Washington to win the Pac 12. Exactly. You know, that's, I, uh, I was actually impressed. And, you know, Washington, they, they, uh, got Tulsa this week. Um, how about Tulsa back to back? They got Washington, then, then they got Oklahoma coming to, to Tulsa, it's uh, it's tough. It's a beautiful non-con. It's for a it's a big the golden hurricane. It's a big jump from playing uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff right last uh, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, backup quarterback looked good. Oh yeah, uh, solid. But you did take Washington here at minus fourteen and a half, so that was a win for you. I mean, I just don't really have a whole lot on this game, doll. It Washington, they just they were a lot better than I, which I'm high on Washington, but I just thought they might come out a little flat little lackadaisical week one against you know a Boise State team that they're just not what they used to be um and they haven't been um for a few uh, four or five years now really uh but it's a good win for Washington Boise State obviously is a a relevant football program in division one college football but again win win for you and a double L for me so our third game Dalt we both uh, we both hit on this one. Penn State hosting West Virginia, and they cover that twenty and a half. But they uh, they had to do it there at the very end. All the final here was thirty eight fifteen. But uh, they they punch in that late score, and there were several people not very happy about it because it caused them to cover, and I believe it caused the over to hit in this game. So for our friends that really do bet money on these games, it it might have hurt a little bit there, but. What 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 did you think? Did you watch a lot of this game? I I did not. Um, I kind of would flip back into it. I believe this game was on the same time the North Carolina South Carolina game was on, and that's more of the game that I watched Saturday night. Gotcha. So, um, I I flipped into it, and it, the score was fairly close. I mean, West Virginia. Has- one possession game at halftime. Yeah, West Virginia was kind of hanging in there, and, and just to myself, I was thinking, I don't think Penn State's going to cover. Yeah, it didn't look like it, and they weren't. No. And then I believe James Franklin had the had the spread and the over. Yeah, because with six pulled. seconds left, he calls a run play. Uh, is he in line to be the next coach at Iowa State? Don't maybe be- betting maybe. on betting on yourself. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, the story here to me, uh, you look at Penn State, top seven team in the country, looked pretty good. Defense obviously looked really good. I, I think we both agree that West Virginia is a bad football team. Yeah, not uh, not not a whole lot of we we didn't hope around. Didn't have a lot Morgan of nice Town. nice things to say about the Mountaineers in our our Big Twelve preview. But you know, Drew Allard looked good, three touchdowns, three hundred twenty five yards, and then Lambert Smith kid. It doesn't get it, it's hard to beat four receptions for 123 yards and two touchdowns. You yeah, know, that, 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 that's, that, that's a good day at the yeah, office. Pretty, pretty good. So, you know, we were both on Penn State here at minus 20 and a half. Um, I, I like Penn State a lot this year. I think they, after seeing what we saw with Ohio State, which it's a long season, but I, I think Penn State looked really good. I just still, I think their biggest downfall is their head coach. I've said that a million times. I, I just don't really believe in James Franklin. The guy can't win big games. So well, well, he, he he's going to get a chance. Yeah, he has a chance. He he usually does. They do play Michigan and Ohio State every year, and they pretty much get drilled by them every year. So we'll we'll see if if it changes. But good good start for the Nittany Lions, and that that was a uh, that was a win for the both of us. Um. So we'll move on here. North Carolina. Speaking of they. Cover the spread, and this was a loss for both of us, right? We both yes. took South Carolina. Yes. We actually all three did. BP took them. Um, we all took North or South Carolina at plus two and a half. I honestly thought that South Carolina might win this game outright. Um, but final here is 31-17, Dalt. And I would say the story of this game is not really what you might have thought going in with being Drake May playing really well and it being like a shootout. I think that's what a lot of people kind of thought. But I think North Carolina's defense, man, like that's got to be the story of this game. If uh, if you would have told me that Spencer Rattler was thirty for thirty nine, three fifty three, and no interceptions, right, I would have been like South Carolina just won this game by two scores, right. But he was thirty for thirty nine, three hundred fifty three yards, nothing else, no interceptions, but no touchdowns. Yeah, and he was sacked nine times. Yeah, we. Uh... <laughs> We talked about never great when, uh, as a team, you rush 31 times, Dalt, for negative two yards. Yeah. And uh, that's because your quarterback quarterback had negative 50-something. Yeah, you get you get sacked, uh, I believe, nine times. Yes, that was right. nine times. Um, and then, you know, I I, I didn't love Shane Beamer postgame. Kind of just some lame excuses at the podium. You know, he, he brought up the chain gang – the clock was wrong all night. Chain gang was late getting back at half, second half. Uh, going to get a hot dog was something that he said. It, I just thought, you know, you go out there and get your tail whipped, and then you make an excuse like that. Like, I, I like Shane Beamer a lot. You know, he's kind of a quirky – like, he's an easy guy to like, I think, you know, for guys like us that obviously we have no, no tie or hatred towards South Carolina. Um, but – I just, I didn't love that. Like, as the leader of your team, that's the first, like, obviously it probably wasn't the first thing that he said, but, like, that's what you take away from that press conference is, oh, the head coach is making excuses for outside exterior uh, reasonings to why he lost this game, other than the fact that his um, team just didn't look very good. No, and we we talked about how we thought that South Carolina was going to be better on defense than – North Carolina, and that was the only reason right. that we picked South Carolina. Right. That wasn't the case. I mean, it kind of looked like we were going to have a pretty good shot at 
South Carolina covering at half. Um, it's uh, 17-14. South Carolina's three down. Right. And then they don't sniff anything else until the fourth quarter. Right. And just great defense by North Carolina. I know you uh, I know you get negative however many yards out of the sacks, but South Carolina didn't even try to rush the football. No. Like hardly at all. And whenever you can make a team one dimensional, I know you have a good quarterback if you rely on him to just sling it around, you feel like you have a good shot. But when you're one dimensional, a defense can really key up on you get into their past formations and just live there. And that's essentially right. what North Carolina did, the reason they got nine sacks. And they won this game. And it, it doesn't help whenever the opposing team rushes the way that North Carolina does, because that was kind of our another big deal. We didn't know what they were going to have at running back. Drake May was their leading rusher last year. Exactly. But uh, British Brooks goes 15 carries. 103 yards, and then Amarion Hampton comes in, 16 carries, two touchdowns, 37 yards. Right. So it was just a great all-around win for North Carolina when their quarterback doesn't exactly just play great. Right. So, yeah, we we both missed on this along with uh, BP. So we we both took South Carolina. This was an L for us, Dalt. So we will move on to a game that I know you are going to love to talk about here. Love this game. You're second in line Duke Blue Devils at home in Durham. Just take Clemson behind the woodshed, which I say that, I, you know, I don't feel like they necessarily just like, you know, manhandled them and did this or that. Like Clemson did hurt themselves immensely. In this game. A hundred percent. I mean, everybody talks about, oh, Garrett Riley's offense right. looks awful at Clemson. Blah, blah, blah. There's no change. 422 yards of total offense. 200, yeah. 200. What killed you Turnover. was the two fumbles inside the 10 and the fact that your kicker that can apparently kick it, kick 70-yard field goals. Can't make a chip shot. Can't hit a chip shot. He right. was, I believe... 0 for 2 yeah. with a blocked and then a duck hook that was just awful. Yeah. So I don't want to just say that Duke manhandled them, but Duke played a lot cleaner game. Yeah. And they played a cleaner game when it mattered because they still had two turnovers right. themselves. And when you pull the upset, you usually see, oh, well, Clemson had three turnovers. I'm sure Duke didn't have any and everything went their way. It didn't. No. They had the fumble right before half to right to they, give they themselves a bigger lead. Yeah, could have, probably were at least going to go up by, you know, if they kick a field goal, that would have been nine to seven at half. Yeah. And then the muff punt, whenever you have forced Clemson out three and out, I believe three times at that point. Yeah. So it it's not like everything fell Duke's way, but Duke just beat talent with effort. Yeah. And I know you had – feelings of way Dabo has run this program and kind of what you felt like they were missing this year. Yeah. I mean, it's playmakers on the outside. Exactly. And, they, you, and you said that. It's just not there, Dalt. No. And I mean, it's like you watch Sunday night, a guy that, you know, 
let's just not pretend like probably Clemson probably couldn't have went and got in Keon Coleman, who we're going to talk about. Transfer goes off against LSU hat trick. And it's, it goes back to what I touched on in our top 25. It's at some point Dabo is going to have to realize, cause you look at what has gone on since the exit of Trevor Lawrence. And it's, it's not that it's been bad, but they're not doing what they were doing. I mean, they're just not. I mean, they haven't. I mean, they, they win the ACC, but like, what you know, what what does that mean? You know, like how how good, the ACC's been down. It's been really down. You know, you got Florida State this year, and I think there's some other good teams. But at some point, Dabo is going to have to understand that. Like I said earlier, you don't have to build your program on the portal, Dalt. You don't have to. You have to supplement your you recruiting just, class. Though. Yeah, like you you can still build your program through recruiting. I believe that's the lifeblood of a program. It still is, always will be. And you have to develop those guys. They, You know, you can bring in all the five stars you want. If you don't develop them, it doesn't matter. Ask Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. But you have to, at times, fill positions of need and that is what the portal is best for. Uh, you look at some of these teams around the country that do some of these coaches that do build their teams in the portal, Lincoln Riley, Lane Kiffin, um, Mel Tucker. Like, what do those guys have on their walls? Nothing. They don't have national title trophies. Nothing. Then you look at the Nick Sabans and uh, Kirby Smart and even Dabo Sweeney, who they've all built their program through recruiting and development. They win national titles. So I think Dabo really needs to look in the mirror because. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the end of Clemson's, you know, reign of this and that, but things things have got to to change to some degree because it just does not look like they have the weapons at the skill position that they've had. And, I mean, the jury's still out on the Klubnik kid, like really highly recruited, highly touted player out of high school, but he's only, you know, played, what, half the season last year? or towards the end if that i believe he played like the last two games and so you know we'll see Dalt. i i just don't know but this was obviously a game that you took duke plus 13 of course of course and of course tim takes clemson and clemson just slaps me right across the face as usual i mean what are you what are you now when you take clemson probably for the century no you won one i think you won i think you won their uh the uh, ACC championship last year. Sure. But I believe you were like Great. one for six <laughs> when you picked Clemson. So you keep picking Clemson, I'm going to keep picking against them. That's fine. Um, your, Duke Blue, your Duke Blue Devils, Dalt, My, Mike Elko's, he's got things going there. They they look really good. We'll, we'll see what the – they're going to find out how good they are. They got, you know, Florida State on the schedule in a few weeks. They got Notre Dame. We'll, we'll find out pretty quick how, for real, uh, Riley Leonard and – and those guys are. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, Saturday, September 30th, game day is going to be in Durham. Who's that? Notre Dame. Yeah, probably so. Th- that'll be top, more than likely both be undefeated. That'll be a top 15 matchup. So, um, our last game, Dalt, Florida State, LSU, great game in the first half. It was kind of sloppy, but uh, Florida State, um, it's like opened it up. Foot on throat slash throat. Walk away. Thank you for playing. Yeah. Um, Thanks for coming to Orlando. You did take Florida State as a two and a half point underdog. You you took them plus two and a half. I took LSU for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, 
LSU just looked really bad in the second half of this game. They didn't look really great in the first half, but they the, both teams just looked like they kind of had some week one jitters. Like it wasn't a really clean football early on. Jordan Travis even didn't look very good in the first half of this game. I didn't think, but then LSU or Florida State just comes out in the second half and it's just like a barrage of offense. Thirty one unanswered points. Uh, was 45 to 17 and LSU obviously scores kind of that garbage time touchdown um, 21 point win 45-24 for uh, the Seminoles and uh, I would say week one they look like the best team in the country just just in a in a vacuum week one they, oh 100% I mean, best, they were they the had only the best ones. win and I mean what do you think of LSU I I, I think a lot was put on what they were last year. Yeah. And I believe that uh I I believe that they misused Harold Perkins all night. Yeah, he was basically non existent. Non existent. And for having a freshman all American who was raved as probably one of the best pass rushers in the country last year to be non-existent is is absurd. And even uh, Brian Kelly said he's playing a new position. It'll come along. Well, you shouldn't move him to a new position. Why? I, you know what? Brian Kelly. Fraud. Fraudulent. It, it did not Fraud. look good. I, I have never in my life seen a coach. He goes to LSU. And, you know, oh, he's got all the resources now. He can finally get over the hump. And, and I'm not writing off LSU. But I am just really tired of Bri of hearing about Brian Kelly and all this great stuff that he's done at Cincinnati and Notre Dame. The guy, I talk about James Franklin. It's the same deal, Dalt. He don't win big games. And maybe even worse than James Franklin has probably had better teams. And every time they look underprepared, and just get totally like out schemed, out coached, out played. Just, I mean, what are we doing? And then after the game, I'll let you talk here in a second. I promise. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. After the game, he says, We thought we were the two time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, this and that. You know, we were not prepared. We weren't ready. And it's like, whose fault is that, Dalt? At the end of the day. It's the man who, in the mirror. Who is the head of that program? Brian Kelly. Exactly. So, like, do you realize how dumb you made yourself look saying that? Well, I mean, it doesn't help whenever you're going into what what was it, Pep Rally or a Pep Rally or whatever, where he walked out and said, "We're gonna beat, beat that." No, it was on his. He's got a like a radio show. He said that on his show. Yeah, he said we're gonna beat the hell out of Florida State. Right. Yeah. Backfired. Did you? Yeah. No. Did you? No, I think he he uh, he. Um, what's what's the what's the meme on TikTok? You sure about that? <laughs> you yeah. sure about you that? You sure about that? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, because that that is absolutely uh, like I said, it, it looked like it was shaping up to be a really good game at halftime. And uh, if you ask a Florida State fan, it was a great game because again, they just they just they throttled, turned it on the second, second half. half, and I mean, it just it was like touchdown, touchdown. And we talk about Keon Coleman. <laughs> Guy might win the Blitnikoff. I mean, went he looked, off. He looked unbelievable. I mean, he's calling a shot, Dalt. After the fourth down play, he's like, yeah, throw it to throw me. Throw it to me. And next yeah. play, touchdown, one on one. Can we talk about Brian Kelly for one more second? I could do it all day. Inside the 10, 
inside the five, he goes for it on fourth down twice. Stuffed both times. Kick a field goal. Take, one of them is the opening drive. Yeah. Kick a field goal, take the points. If you do that, you're up nine going into half. Totally and different this, game. This is a completely different game. Potentially, yeah. Yes. But it's just Jaden Daniels looked okay at times. He looked better as a runner than he did a thrower. A lot of sloppy drops from both teams. Yep. Johnny Wilson had a couple drops that really hurt yeah. him. He seems to have a problem with that a little bit. But, I mean, just absolute showing from Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman. Yeah. Just a great, great out. I mean, I know who you'll say, but, I mean, pick who had a better week one as a quarterback, Shadur Sanders or, or Jordan Travis. I mean, Obviously, I think it'd be Shudder Sanders. Shudder, for yeah. five, 500, 500 yards. yards. Five bills and five tutties. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, it's kind of, you know, apples to oranges. But, um, yeah, Dalt, we, uh, you took Florida State there. Uh, we'll, we'll get off of our LSU hate train. I took LSU. Not really sure why I did. I had questions about them going into the season. I talked about how people were maybe putting more stock in their good potential instead of really looking at the bad potential. And you saw a lot of that bad potential on Sunday night. So well, another thing, just how impressed were you with Florida State's defense? Oh, they looked. I mean, you look looked like, like a totally different defense than what I watched in the Cheez It Bowl. I'm gonna back tell in you, December. I'm like, gonna tell you right now. I, I had a really good feeling about my pick. Whenever Jaden Daniels decided to hurdle a group of people, he got cut in half, and he gets absolutely sawed. Yeah. in half, and I I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I I was at work and I about jumped over the guy in front of me watching the game. It's, a, it's, a, it's like some old school WWE stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you, you know, you sell yourself out like that, Dalt. You know, it's like they said, he's he's uh, not a defenseless runner. He's running the football. So, you know, hey, you uh, better bring your uh, lunch pail to that one, buddy. Yeah, that, that was not a – that was not – that was a very, very poor bold, choice. A bold strategy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you go three and three. You do hit on your super dog. Like I said, my super dog was Boise State, so I missed there. I go two and four this week. Just off to a great start, Dalt. You I know, per it. usual, under 500, Tim. Uh, BP for a shout out. Um, San Jose State did not cover. No, they did not. You know, speaking of Clemson, who's laughing now? DJU, uh, you know, just puts up a crisp 45 piece uh, on San Jose State. Defense looked good for Oregon State. I know you probably loved watching that. I did. I enjoyed um, that game. I so, also enjoyed watching Rutgers win their first game of the year, too. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care about Rutgers. If, if you don't notice, I've got, I've got some fan bases yeah. in all Power Five conferences. That, that's fine. Nobody cares about Rutgers except for, except, the, except for, for the, the SEC. I don't have a fan base. In the SEC. No, they hate they they hate me and I hate them. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, nobody cares about Rutgers. Sorry. So we'll move on, Dalt. Dokey Longhorn cares about Rutgers. Uh, week two. I care about Rutgers. Week two. Moving on. <laughs> We're getting off the off the rails here. Week two, Dalt. We got six games. We're going to pick. We are starting in Big Twelve country. Uh, actually, tomorrow night, this game, Friday night game in Lawrence, 6.30. The Illinois Fighting Illini are coming to town. It looks like Jaden Daniels is healthy, or Jalen, is it Jalen? I get him and LSU guy confused. I think Jalen. Jalen, yeah. Jalen Daniels. Yeah. Uh, Kansas comes in as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, Dalt. And, you know, I, I wouldn't really say I'm surprised by that, but... Um, the line has moved to three. Has it? Okay, well, we can pick it at three. That's fine. No, no, no. I'm just saying that it's moved okay. to three from three and a half. So 
it, it was it came out today that basically Daniels is healthy, but they still are not entirely sure who's going to start. But he's going to start. I imagine if Daniels can play, he's going to start. Like he's your quarterback one. So you know, I think this could potentially be a pretty good game, especially for you know Friday night game, kind of a little appetizer to what's going to be an electric week two. Um, what what are you thinking here? Three and I, a half. I don't think it's going to be a very good game at all. Think Kansas is going to run away from them? I do. Um, Illinois looked terrible in Week One against Toledo. S- yeah, snatched victory they, from the jaws, from the jaws of, defeat. of defeat. They uh, they won 20, uh, 30 to twenty eight, and they kicked a field goal to go up with five seconds left. Yeah. Um. Just off rip, they get outgained four sixteen to three seventy four. Six more first downs than them. They lose the time possession by almost six minutes. Yeah. So um, let me tell you a little secret. Kansas is better offensively than Toledo will ever dream of being. Quite a bit. Doesn't matter who is playing quarterback. I am a firm believer in Jason Bean. Yeah, he's good. I, I think he's a very talented quarterback yeah. who would start almost anywhere in the country yeah. for Pretty, a lot of teams. I'm look, I mean, he goes 22 or 28, 276, two touchdowns. And I'm sure he had some rushing in there, too. I know well. it's Missouri State. But, but still. Right. Um. Would the likes of Baylor like him right now? I'm sure they would love him. Would Oklahoma State love to have I'm him right now? Absolutely sure. Yeah, I would go I mean, with there's several other teams in the Big Twelve that would gladly. Take, I, Iowa State would ju- be jumping for joy right now. I'm not trying him. to throw my guy under the bus here, but I'm not too sure. I might not take him right now over Gabriel just because I think he just, you know, he's I, he's I, good. I'm, a, I'm not a Dylan Gabriel hater, but like. Jason Bean just he maybe can do a little bit more, but I, I again. But I, I think it doesn't matter who plays. I think they'll both play. They do have that formation to where they're both quarterbacks are in the backfield in the pistol set. Yeah, and they run basically a read option with Bean, and he has the option to stand up and throw it. Yeah. So I like Kansas minus three and a half here. I would almost pick them at seven. Yeah. I, I think that Kansas is just going to outmatch. I mean, uh, Illinois in this Yeah, team. I mean, you got, you know, Brett Bielema, a defensive-minded guy, but Illinois, they the defense didn't look great against uh, – they gave up over 400 yards of offense to Toledo. Yeah, almost 200 yards rushing so, to Toledo. I mean, you mix in two quarterbacks, whoever plays that can run, and Devin Neal, who's pretty good running back. I mean, preseason, preseason Big 12 – Right, running back, so, first team running back. I mean, I, I'm with you here, Dalton. I, I love Kansas at minus three and a half. I, I think they win this game by at least a touchdown or more. I, yeah, I, I'm taking the Jayhawks here on Friday night. I think a Blackhawks, the Blackhawks, Black yeah, tomorrow night, that, baby. The the massive bird on the side of the helmet is back. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's, it's terrible. Just, it's really bad. It's terrible. We want, those, we, those jerseys had so much potential. Those could have been the best black blackout jerseys of the year so far, and they put that big bird on the side of the helmet instead of the KU. I hate it. I've asked the question a million times. I, I, don't, don't, I don't know what a Jayhawk is. I don't either. It, it's got a massive beak. I, I don't know. I will I will say this. If the Illinois uh, X team is looking at this, if you beat Kansas tomorrow night, <laughs> your tweet should be, Black Hawk down. Black Hawk down. You know, oh, it's <laughs> oh. great. It's too good. Uh, yeah, but it's not happening. No, it's not. So yeah, we it's, both it's we both like Kansas here at minus three and a half. Dalt. Uh, next game we got Nebraska heading up to old Boulder, Colorado, and old Big Eight. 
rivalry big game. A, big 12 rivalry game. Uh, this line was very interesting over the week, Dalt. Started out, uh, Nebraska was what, a touchdown, nine-point favorite? Nine-point favorite and uh, has now, at the preseason. Has now moved to Colorado at three and a half. Uh, about a 10 or so point swing, 10 or 12 point swing. I know who you like in this game. I know, and it's 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 easy. I don't hate them either, Dalt. I really don't. I don't. I, I don't. I I could see this. I don't know. This game, I think, can go one of two ways. And Nebraska, while I thought they looked a lot more organized against Minnesota, the turnovers were bad, but the offense still did not look great. Um, I'm still really confused. Like, I don't know if he ran him off or not. But how do you take the Sims kid over like trying to keep Casey Thompson if you're Matt Rule? How I, do you justify that? I don't know. I like, think not that I think Casey's like some world beater, but he's better than he's Sims. Better than Jeff Sims. Well. Tom Herman got hired at FAU, right. and Tom Herman His is boy. Tom Herman is the one who recruited <laughs> Casey Thompson like <laughs> six years ago. Yeah. Whenever he was coming out of uh, uh, Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah, and uh, so that's probably what had a big deal to do about it. But I'm telling you right now, we can say that Nebraska looked a little more whatever, like they looked better on defense. Sure, but they looked awful on offense. I mean, one of their touchdowns come on a reverse throwback triple pass that was fumbled, and the guy picks it up and throws it. Yeah. I don't disagree. You have all that luck on your side, and you still find a way to lose this game. Right. And I'm watching this at work. It was after the Florida game. I stayed up and watched it, and I'm watching this. And Minnesota, Minnesota goes down. I believe they tie it at 17. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I just, I'm sitting there and I just think to myself, Nebraska's going to lose this game. No, it was, they tied at 10. It was the final score was only 13 10. Okay. So they yeah. tied it. Tied at 10. Yeah. So I'm watching this and I'm like, Nebraska's going to lose this game. The dude throws a pass over the middle, ill-advised, and it is intercepted, and it is returned all the way to almost the 40-yard line. And I'm just like, this they're going to they're going to lose this. Yeah. And sure they, enough, they did. And I kind of had a little bit of hope. Get a le- get a left-footed kicker on the left hash and I'm like, he's going to hook this. Oh, just this is a big moment. Split the uprights. Nails. I he mean, nails. Yeah. Just, like give that kid a helmet sticker because that ball was that could have been no more perfect. It couldn't have been more good. Uh, didn't didn't need to be any more good. Uh, but I think the intrigue here for me with Nebraska is Colorado gave up like a million rushing yards to TCU. Now yes. ultimately didn't matter. They win the game. But I think Matt Rule's going to have a plan. This is you know he's probably the best coach that Nebraska has hired or had since Pelini. I think we would both agree with that. hundred percent. You know, obviously I I don't think Nebraska is going to have a great year. I think they may be a lot better next year, but because that's just kind of how Matt Matt rule rolls. But I think if Nebraska can run the football and use these new clock rules to their advantage and maybe just try and just milk the clock and keep it because Shutter Sanders and, the horn kid and obviously Travis Hunter. I mean, he can hurt you if he's on the defensive side, sure, but not not if you're running if, the football. Yeah, if you're if you keep them guys on the sideline, hypothetically, um, they can't hurt you. Can't score no points if you're not on the field, Dalt. 
So that's that's kind of my only thing with Nebraska here. It's like, you know, it obviously does help that it's at Colorado. Fans are probably going to show that out. Will be it'll sold it'll out. be the most electric atmosphere in Colorado in years, uh, years, years. And so I already know where you're going with this. You love Colorado at minus three and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm hammering it. I'm actually going to take the Cornhuskers at plus three and a half. I don't even necessarily know that they're going to win this game, but they might lose by a field goal, and that's fine with me. So I'm going to take Nebraska at plus three and a half, and I'll probably regret it more yes, than likely. You're going to regret it. But there's going to be another sign in your yard. Josh, <laughs> keep it handy and leave it out there because uh, you're going to have I, to remind I'm, him on Sunday. I'm feeling ganged up on. Whenever you go to church on Sunday, that sign's going to be sitting out there. That's fine. Just waiting for you. That's Coach fine. Prime, you two and oh. Better get ready for it, buddy, if oh. they don't win this game. Well, Next they're, they're going to. Next game, Dalt. Notre Dame going on the road to North Carolina State. Early bird kickoff at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Uh, we got Notre Dame seven and a half, Dalt. That hook is interesting. That hook is real interesting, especially at a place like North Carolina State. Yeah. Where's that? At Raleigh, I believe. I think that's where it is. I'm pretty sure. I think. No. I'm pretty no. Sure. I think that's right. Is it? Anyway. I thought I it, thought it was it's neither here nor there. Uh yeah, Raleigh, you're right. So I just don't think I, I don't think North Carolina State's as good as they've been, Dalton, and I just don't think that they can uh I think I think Notre Dame's gonna win this game by maybe a couple touchdowns. Like you what what does NC State I mean, they have a great head coach, typically a, a pretty good defense. So, you know, this will be Notre Dame's best test, no doubt. But I just don't think I think Notre Dame's going to score the football, and I just don't think North, North Carolina State's going to be able to keep up, to be to be frank. Like, so, North Carolina State did not look good in week one against UConn. No. Whenever you're – Very, yeah, pedestrian. And, and don't get me wrong, the Armstrong kid, the lefty from Virginia that transferred in after Leary left. Right. He had two rushing touchdowns, and he led the team in car- uh, carries and yards. You're not going to get to do that against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's defense is going to be too good up front to allow you to just run around and do what you want. Right. And I'm not just super high on what they do offensively, but I, I, I'm I really high on Sam Hartman in this uh, very, very balanced passing and rushing attack. Yeah. Something that he didn't have at Wake Forest. No. I mean, he was asked to throw it a million times at Wake Forest, well, and now he has a really, really good run game to balance off his abilities. And it's showing. I mean, they're averaging 500 yards a game, and what what they score, almost 50 points a game. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, 42 and 56. So. Yeah. So, I mean, give me give me Notre Dame. I would almost pick this game at 10 yeah. for Notre Dame. I agree. I just don't think that it's going to be a very a very competitive football game. I agree. Don't think there's really a whole lot to say here. Um, I just think Notre Dame, I just think they, they're too much for NC State on both sides of the ball. I think that they're going to have some uh, success defensively. And I just I think Notre Dame wins by, like you said, by 10, 14, 17 maybe. Uh, I think they, you know, they kind of get out early and just kind of cruise. Um, so I like the Fighting Irish at, at seven and a half here too. So we will move on to Texas A&M, 
Dalt going on the road to, to Coral Gables. Uh, probably going to be playing in front of like 30 six, people, 600 people uh, at, at Hard Rock Stadium. There's just so much to do in right, Miami. Right, right. Uh, I hear that about Los Angeles as well. <laughs> um, 2.30 kick, uh, probably the best game maybe of that afternoon window, Dalt. Uh, we got A&M at minus four on the dot. Kind of a, you know, that minus four is a little weird. Um, I'm always kind of skeptical about that that line. But, man, I, I just think uh, A&M's offense, man, it looks – obviously we have little sample size, but look pretty good week one. I mean, much improved. Yeah. Um, do you know what the matchup predictor on ESPN has this? 52% for Miami. Yeah. I, I don't like that. No. I, I don't like that at all. I am. Um, I I was very impressed with Texas A&M in week one. I know it was New Mexico. And, I mean, what do you get from New Mexico? Kind of like, what do you get from Arkansas State? What do you get from Rice? Right. But I thought that the Weigman kid looked very, very good. He had five touchdowns in the game. The receiving core is very talented there. Yeah, I mean, probably one of the better receiving rooms in the country. I mean, I mean, just as far as talent goes. Evan Stewart's the real deal. Right. Um, Moose Muhammad is very talented. I believe they bring a nice Smith back. Yep. Uh, the big question mark here is what's the run rushing attack going to be? I know you have the five-star Ruben Owens kid right. and a couple other guys, but you really – you may have to lean on that a little more in this game than you did against New Mexico, but I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take Texas A&M. Say that as quiet as possible. Yeah, okay, give me, give me the Aggies. You wearing a Texas hat, Dalt? You better be careful. Um, you know, I like A&M here too at minus four. Um, and I don't typically like A&M in any way, shape, or form, to be quite honest. But honestly, this is a this is a game that would just be so Jimbo Fisher and Texas A and M to, to go go in there, and it looks like you know, and they're not obviously that overwhelming favorite because you know Miami they they looked decent last week against uh, Miami of Ohio, but I just think they're just more talented right now. I think Cristobal just still is not quite there, and I think you know A and M this is a year that they could kind of surprise some people in the SEC. Um, I like A and M at minus four, but it, to be honest, all it just wouldn't shock me if. Miami won this game outright. Like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they covered, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Miami found a way to win this game. Well, I mean, but they're probably going to beat Miami by twenty-one, and then next week lose at home to Louisiana Monroe. Right. That's that's <laughs> yeah. That that's actually probably more predictable for what what will happen to A and M. But yeah, we you like them at minus four. I will take. Unfortunately, I will stop, take. Stop saying it. <laughs> I will take the Aggies at minus four as well, and that moves us to our our. Next 230 kick, Dahl, Ole Miss at Tulane. Old school uh, OG SEC game. Tulane used to be part of the SEC years and years ago. These two teams played last year. The game was kind of interesting, had that rain delay, weather delay. Uh, but Ole Miss comes in here as a seven-point favorite, Dahl, on the road at Tulane. I just don't um, – I'm not sure about this game, Dahl. It's, it, it's, it's our only – or it's our – only other top 25 matchup that we're picking this week. Um, so, you know, I don't know what, I don't, I, I don't know what we got in Tulane, Dalt. You but, know, but you don't know what you got in Ole Miss either. Right. You never, I mean, it doesn't seem like you ever do. You know, you know how good Jackson Dart can be. Right. We know how good the Judkins kid is. Right. The Judkins kid is probably going to be the best running back in the country if I had to cast my vote right now. Yeah. But, 
Tulane is kind of a team that's scrappy, like a bring your lunch pail and hard hat game. Yeah. But this isn't the Tulane last year that beat no. USC. No, I mean, they go. They lose the, uh, was it Taj Spears? I think so, yeah, the running the back. The running back. Yeah. Pretty good player. Really good player. Um, I think Ole Miss just has too much. And I know everybody says that about USC last year, but I just feel like this Ole Miss team is going to have a lot of firepower on offense and in the special teams, and then the defense really isn't going to matter. Uh, give me Ole Miss minus, what was it, seven and a half? Seven on the dot. Seven? Yeah, I think they could win by ten. I, uh... <sighs> Taking Tulane, Dalt. I like it. I think I think they maybe still lose the game, but I just think that they maybe that how that game went last year, they maybe just have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And it may not matter because Ole Miss is obviously going to be way more talented than them. This <laughs> Ole Miss right now is uh they're averaging six hundred and uh sixty seven yards a game. That's quite a bit. Um, well, they they dropped seventy three on Mercer's head, right? So, you know, I I just think I, I think Tulane may may be able to cover this spread, and and I, I'm not going to pick Tulane to win, but I think Michael Pratt, he's a gamer, he's going to have his guys ready. Willie Fritz is a super underrated coach. Um, now I believe they did lose their defensive coordinator as well um, at Tulane. Um, I think he went to Miami, I think, if I remember right. We talked about it, but I can't remember what his name is. So, yeah, Tulane, I, I think we we didn't really preview them because we didn't do a group of five preview, but I don't think that they're going to replicate the season they had a year ago. But I do think they're a good football team, and it's there's a good culture there right now. And I like I like the Green Wave plus seven here. So, Dalt, game of the week. It's a, it's a big one. It's uh. We're heading to SEC country, Dalt, and man, it, I wish we really were headed to, to SEC country. That this would be we couldn't afford the ticket. I looked. Yeah, we well, couldn't afford the ticket. I looked. Well, hey, that's all right. We would have to. You being a Texas fan, we'd have to sit probably on the top row anyway. But I know you'd still probably go if you could. Yeah, it'd be a perfect place to jump from if we <laughs> lost. That, if we lost very bad. Um. So we're heading to Tuscaloosa, Texas at Alabama. Game day, best you know, best game of the year so far. More you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, number I think, eleven. I, I, I do believe everybody but Big Noon kickoff is going to be there. <laughs> Josh Pate's going. Yeah. Pat McAfee's going to be there on Friday. Yeah. JD Pickell is going to be there. Unnecessary roughness is going yeah. to town. Everybody wants uh, game piece of day. This. Yeah. Everybody wants to except, cash in on the. Except that maybe they should all go to big to Colorado because that seems to be the the hot place to go right now. Um, well, they'll be there next week. <laughs> So, so uh, we got number three Alabama taking on the your beloved Texas Longhorns, number eleven team in the country. Uh, Alabama comes in Dalt seven point favorites currently, and um, you know we we uh, we're gonna find some things out Saturday night in in Tuscaloosa for for both teams, and you know I think. Uh, you know, I'll I'll let you have the floor here. Go ahead, <laughs> G- give me give me your thoughts on this game, Dalt. So this is obviously a game that Texas should have won last year. I agree. Alabama is two two and seven when it comes to playing Texas, and their two wins have come oh, at the expense of a starting here quarterback. Here we go. No, no. In all in all reality, 
I think you can agree that Texas should have won that game last year. Oh, yeah, I've said it. I've told even, you that. Even without, Multiple even times. with Quinn getting hurt, that we were a missed field goal at halftime away from beating them. Sure. So, a little bit different scenario this year. Texas doesn't have Bijan. Texas is still trying to find their footing at running back. The offensive line did not look great against Bryce. But at the same time, Alabama doesn't have Will Anderson. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Pretty good. Yeah, and another first-round draft pick in Jameer Gibbs. Right. So their offensive line also lost, I think, two. They have two starters, new starters, one of them being true freshmen. Yeah. Uh, So I think that Nick Saban, he said it all preseason long, what they want to do this year as a team. They want to be kind of early 2010s. Run it down your run throat. Run it down your throat. Impose their will. And the good news for Texas is is I feel like we have a very, very good rush defense. Yeah. I think that we Maybe. might be most capable to stop that. The problem is then you get Jalen Milrow on the edge, and he's probably the best athlete Texas is going to see. Yeah. Not in a burnt orange uniform all year. Right. I would agree there. And go uh, go ahead. And and in the same in the same strength as I think Texas's defensive line is going to be better than quote unquote all Alabama's offensive line. I think Texas or I think Alabama's defensive line is going to be better than Texas Texas's offensive line. Yeah. But the only difference between Alabama and Texas is I believe that Texas is going to come out and just try to throw the absolute hell out of the football. And if Quinn shows up the way he did last year in Austin and plays well, I believe that it's a, a game that absolutely Texas can win. If he looks bad again, it could be a chance to see. You can say it. It could be a chance to see either Malik Murphy or Arch Manning. The, the promised child? Well, I don't think you throw the promised child into the jaws of Tuscaloosa for his first ever college snaps. Why not? Hey, trial by fire. No, we're not going to f- trial by fire a Manning. So, <laughs> but if you're going to ask me to make my pick right now, I'm never going to pick against Texas. So you never. like Texas plus seven? Plus seven. I'm shocked. I'm really shocked. Um, here, here's my I, thing. I pick with my heart when here, it comes to my horns. Here's my thing on this game. It is in Alabama, which makes it very much more difficult for them to go in there and win, um, especially with Quinn Ewers, the guy that, you know, I, I'm just going to say it all. He's still an unproven quarterback. Like, I, I wouldn't disagree. He, you know, he's got a lot, you know, in some of his bigger games last year, he didn't look great. And, and on the road, he didn't look great. Uh, you know, so to me, it, not a lot of guys go in Tuscaloosa and win football game, Dalt. It's it's, it's, a, it's a pretty short rare. list, and it's a pretty talented short list. The likes of Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, Johnny Manziel. There are some outliers there, um, of course. But are are there? I think Chad Kelly at Ole Miss. They beat them in Tuscaloosa that one year, I believe. That was a little fluky, but I think that was in Tuscaloosa. And obviously, most of our listeners probably don't even remember Chad Kelly. But um, so I, I don't even know what Saban's record is at home, but it's I'm sure insanely good. There's probably five or so maybe losses at home. I, I don't really know. But to me, the key for Texas is you talk about that rush defense. That's a key. But they have got to contain Milrow. And, you know, he's, like you said, one going to be one of the best athletes on the field for either team. 
maybe the best. Oh, I like, I, I would I, I would go as far as saying anybody. The best. I don't think anybody would argue that. And so if if you guys can contain him as far as running, now he he can still sling the pill. Like he's not no joke. I mean, but you got to keep him in check. And I just think Quinn Ewers, man, this this is like that moment for him to really say, I'm here. Texas is here. I'm not back. We know we're not going to go there, Dalt. But this is a chance. And and this is a game for Steve Sarkeesian, man. It's like, Need where it. where are you Need as it. a program? You, it looks like you got the culture kind of right there. And let's put our money where our mouth is. This is the year that you guys think you can do some things, make the playoff, win a national title. We'll see. You're going to find out a lot about your Longhorns on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. I think this game could go one of two ways, and unfortunately, they're both bad. They're for both Texas. Uh, one is a better, but they're both they both result in a Texas loss. I think you guys are either going to go in there and get whipped, whipped. I think it's possible. I think Saban and the boys they got some things to prove. I think it's possible. We'll find out. I think if that's going to happen, it's going to be early, and it, it'll be no looking back. But. The way I really kind of want this game to play out, a little bit more NFL style, slowed down. A lot of, you know, Bama, I think, is going to try to run the football. I could see like 28-24, something like that, you know, 31-28. So, because I think that might be what happens, I'm going to take Texas plus seven. My God. But again, like I said, I think there's there's two results here. Unfortunately, neither of them result in a win for your Longhorns. I know that's what you want, but... I think I think Texas does cover. You know, you guys are very well known for playing up or down to your competition lately. You know, over the last ten or so years, and it's like you said last year, they, they look like the better team. That's the truth, really. At, and during that game, you know, Bama offensively last year, they didn't do hardly anything against you guys. They popped the one long touchdown run. Other than that, it was pretty pedestrian for the most part. Um, so this is going to be. Unfortunately for me, my Sooners play at five, so I'll probably be watching that one on TV and have have this game maybe playing on my phone in my hand. Uh, hopefully, hopefully OU can maybe take care of business. I can kind of, I can kind of check out, get away know. from it, and uh, we'll we'll see though. But we both like Texas here, Dalt. Plus I lo- seven, I love it. I mean, I don't love it that you you're picking Texas <laughs> because you're you're I'm against not, the spread. It's right, not a great right. history. So to go back over our picks, Dalt, we've got both got Kansas at minus three and a half. Uh, I like Nebraska plus three and a half. You like Colorado minus three and a half. We both like Notre Dame minus seven and a half. We both like A&M minus four. You like Mississippi, Ole Miss minus seven. I like Tulane to cover that plus seven. And we are both taking Texas to cover at plus seven. Week two's here, doll. It's going to be, I mean, just some phenomenal games that we didn't even talk about this week, you know. Talk about Texas. It's a huge weekend for the Big Twelve. Big Twelve has a lot of games. Um, do you have Do you have a super dog just in I do, mind? I do. It's okay. actually the game's fixing to kick off here pretty pretty quick. Oh, yeah. You uh, you like a little? Uh, you I just like, think the spread that spread. You like some Murray State so, in Louisville? Huh? Yeah, we we go. We just went back over our our picks. Who is your super dog, Dalt? Let's let's get that. Who you got? Pony up. Come on, pony up. How did I know at Oklahoma? I Plus. think that that 73-point shellacking you put on Arkansas State might have went to the boys' heads. No. I don't think that – I'm going to disagree with that. But I, I don't think – I could that, see SMU covering this. I don't I don't think SMU as 
as terrible as everybody's kind of leading the believe. No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, what's what's the spread on that? It was eighteen. It, it's last I checked, it's at fifteen and a half earlier today. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, fifteen and a half. I mean, I I could see this being a two touchdown game. This is almost easy for me, Dalt. And oh, it's, 40, I, it's 42. It's 44 now. Oh, gosh. It was 42 and a half earlier today. My buddy Conley is not going to like that for yeah. his 16 leg well, parlay. Well, he, he got it at 42 he got and a half. So that and helps. Half. I hate to go against your guy, but I'm going to take the <laughs> Murray State Racers. And I could be dead wrong here because, you know, I like Louisville a lot. They did not look great against Georgia Tech week one. No, they did but not. I, I like Murray State to cover, I mean, 44, man. That is. That's a lot. I mean, Murray State might not score. I think that's the only way Louisville covers this is if they shut them out. Like and, honestly, and they still might. Not, and they might still not score might not. Forty-five. Yeah. So, you like SMU as your super dog? I I actually don't hate that pick. Um, I I hope that that doesn't happen, but um, I think it's it's going to be a good test for my Sooners this this week against. It's, uh, it's going to be a little bit better rushing attack uh, with well, the, well uh, just a good offense in general. LJ Johnson Jr. from. Yeah. Uh, Couple of, they Texas got some really really good transfers at SMU. The Hudson kid at wide receiver from TCU, uh, four star quarterback, and the Stone kid who you know they they're pretty high on. Uh, so I don't I don't hate that pick from you at that you just know got, fifteen just gotta, and a half. Just got to hope for a shootout. You keep it within you know if they keep it within a touchdown, you're gold or two touchdowns, you're gold. Oh yeah, I, I mean 30, I actually thirty five twenty one. I talked to my buddies about that game. I, I do think OU is going to be able to just pretty much score like pretty consistently. I could see it like, which this would be, I guess, bad for you, but like, like a fifty-two to twenty-one or twenty-four type game. I don't like that. Um, I could, I could see that. But those are our picks, Dalt, and those are our super dogs. We will get that down. And another week of college football is here, and uh, I'm excited for it. I'm actually off this weekend. I'm off tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, so I will get to sit back, relax, hopefully. And enjoy. That's, that's not, not. going to happen. Emily's uh, not going to allow that. You don't get to relax. Ho- hopefully get to watch some football. Definitely, you know, of course, the weekend I'm off, OU plays at 5. So I would have got to watch that game anyway. Right. It could have been an 11 a.m. kickoff. Right. So uh, that's our week uh, week two preview, week one recap, Dalt. Um, hopefully this week we're going to try for two episodes, maybe uh, do a recap, recap video on Sunday, on Sunday. And come back midweek with a preview. We we wanted to start doing that uh, this year, and we're probably going to try that. So we may be back uh, by Sunday night, Monday morning um, for you guys. But, uh, Dalt, you got anything else? Just a little quick bit. I know uh, we kind of got fleeced last week <laughs> from uh, a former ball coach of ours, Seven. I know you're probably not real hip on TikTok or anything, but we uh, yeah. you finally got the Connor shirts out. I was able to find so. a shirt. I told Corey I didn't have a shirt, but actually I was able to find one. I'm not a big dry fit guy, but, yeah. you well, know. We, we got our Connor stuff on, so get off our backs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that, Dalt, um, if you don't got anything else, then I guess we will be back hopefully in a few days, and uh, we'll see you guys then, and we're out. Uh, don't forget to cover the flats. enjoyed this episode of the cover two podcast please leave us a rating or write us a review tell your friends about the podcast and help us grow the show you can find episodes on apple iheart spotify and youtube just search the cover two podcast and you'll find us 
If you want to contact us or be a guest on the show, we're on Facebook, X, Instagram, and TikTok as the Cover 2 Podcast. You can also email us at Cover2Podcast2021 at gmail.com. We appreciate all of you for listening and supporting our show.